Is this our last session already? Man, that went quick. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, because I was hoping it. Joshua, you really want me to come back? Oh! Can I bring my dog with me the next time, too? What? Oh, you can take my dog. No, I don't think so. Uh, wow. <laughs> oh, man, God is good. God is so good. Mm. Worship was sweet. Fred, I recorded that song because I want to learn it. You wrote that. Cool. Yeah. I won't share the recording with someone else, but <clears throat> I want that for my... And I, do you have the chord? It's okay. I figured he would. Uh, that, yeah. That sung to me. <laughs> oh, man, I think that was the best brisket I've ever had. Yay. And the mac and cheese. I mean, wow. I try to avoid carbs. But if you saw my plate, I had some. Uh, <laughs> and then Kathleen. Oh, my goodness. She went and made that. Dessert that usually John and I share things, and I didn't. We didn't share yesterday. I was not in the sharing mode. <laughs> oh man, scrumptious. Yeah, and then the oh, then Laura had to spoil us and go get donuts. Um, <laughs> wow, I had actually was going to come up a little sooner uh, during worship, but I was. You want to be sensitive to what God's saying, but. I was uh, watching, I love to watch children in worship. And then William, I, t- I told his daddy, Matt, I said, that young man's blessing me to watch you with that flag. And he wasn't just flagging, he was worshiping. I think that was what was awesome. And I don't mean to embarrass you, honey, or discourage you from doing it again, because you need to keep going, go further. But all the kids, I was videotaping and... I was just immediately reminded of Nehemiah when they rebuilt the wall. And Nehemiah assigned them as families to build the wall. And they built, they had the trowel in one hand and a weapon in the other. But I was so blessed. ARC, you have families. And then to watch Matt and Jen and their six kids take communion. I didn't want to make it, you know, a spectacle, but I had to get that on camera. I was like, this is wonderful. It's beautiful. And then Russell and Melissa, your kids are blessing me. Wow. So you have two, well, you have many families here. So I don't want to ignore someone with fewer kids, but wow. (laughs) The more kids, you can build more of the wall. (laughs) And you know what's happened in the other world, in Islam, they have you have more children so that you can take over the earth. And yet you look back in Genesis, you're studying this, Bible said to multiply, replenish the earth. So children are a heritage. And our biggest onslaught in America, I believe, is abortion, not economy. I mean, you know, economy is hitting our pocketbook, but I don't believe that'd be happening if we didn't tolerate, or if we weren't tolerating abortion. 
and uh, it's so anti-Christ. It's so against everything precious. The first institution that God made was the family. So, of course, the enemy's going to come along and try to wipe that one out. And so I just encourage you, Ark, family, even if you have no children or maybe they're not here at this uh, church, I just saw that today. You guys are building the wall. You're building the Ark part of the wall with families, moms and dads serving the Lord together, unity in the home. And uh, boy, there's no stopping that one. I was actually, last night after um, we went upstairs to go to bed, and I was just kind of going between two passages of scripture that I wanted to share before John comes. And then you showed the slide, and that just, the one of your, the budget, and you know that. And I thought, okay, this was actually the first one I'd picked. And uh, then I went to another one that maybe led into his sermon more, but it all does. Anyway. So I read that, and it's Haggai 2.8. I think this is a reminder or just a reinforcement to something you already know. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. You know, when you walk into a building that is older, there's lots to do. And it could be overwhelming. (laughs) Yeah, you're back there shaking your head because of your building that you're looking to... To build as well. But um, the context of this verse that's in this passage, God was speaking to prof- the prophet Haggai concerning the glory of the latter temple. What does he say? The glory of the latter temple will be greater than the glory of the former. So this, we're building the wall, we're building the latter temple. First and foremost, we're building this temple. This is the most important one. Okay? This is very important. It's a gathering place. It's a place when we can come together. But without this in place, this won't matter. (laughs) We have to build this temple. But he was specifically returning, uh, referring to the latter temple, which was to be constructed in the place of the old one that had been destroyed by the enemies of Israel. The people were discouraged by the enormity of the task. Hmm. Don't get discouraged by the enormity of the task. You know, if it was easy to do, that's probably not God anyway. You could do it on your own. God desires that we partner with him. I talked about that yesterday. We are partakers of his divine nature. We partner. And so in order to, <laughs> to really partner, it's you know what? We're yoked to him. He carries the bigger yoke. He's the one that the silver and gold is his. But he lets us access his. And when we yoke into him, we have, we're moving with him. So whatever he has, we have. If he wants to sell a few cattle on a thousand hills, <laughs> have a cattle sale. I've asked him some, okay, God, could you like have a cattle sale about now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, now's a really good time to have a cattle sale. 
That's how I talk to God like that. I don't know, our Father. who are, I, mean, I do that too, but on my day-to-day life, I don't have time to go through all that. <laughs> so I say, Could you have a cattle sale? <laughs> it's okay to ask him that. Because you get the benefits. You reap. You reap what you sow too. You all know that scripture. They were discouraged by the enormity of the task ahead of them. And their vulnerability. Because they were still weakened. Remember when Nehemiah came, what had happened? It had all been destroyed and burned. The northern part of the wall had been really burned because they had come from Mesopotamia and in force. And uh, so Haggai, he was a contemporary of Zechariah and was associated with him in the work of rebuilding the temple. I'm kind of confusing the wall and the temple, but I'm trying to build a principle here. He may have been young enough during the captivity to have seen the previous temple. There were some young people that were taken away, but they still had vision for the temple, for the wall, families, all of that. And so I I believe what God's doing here at the ark, he's calling you all to get together. (laughs) As families, build your part of the wall. Own it. Take your part. Several years ago, we were involved in going to Uganda quite often. And as you travel and do some mission work, you find out that a lot of those countries have been raised up by American missionaries. And guess what? They're all dependent on American money. And they're sitting there waiting for us to send all the money. And they're sitting there. And sure, their poverty level is, you can't even comprehend poverty till you go and see. When you, when you throw out, walk through the dumps of Manila, my husband has to pull me out of there every time I can. It's hard to leave. Other than the stench, but we put Vicks. <laughs> Under our nose, so I mean, it's it's horrible, it's horrific. But in Uganda, we were taking teams, and this one service we were um, added at the host ministry. It's a church about twelve hundred people, and they had a Bible school that U.S. funds had paid for. And so, one of our American pastors that lives there, he came to us. There were fifty-two Americans there at the time, and he said, "I'm going to take an offering tonight." I don't want one American to give money into this offering. He said, we have sown and sown, and I believe it's time now for them to own it. And God will bless them for it. So we honored that. They gave the equivalent of 30,000 U.S. dollars. We're talking poor. They don't have cars. They walked there. Some walked 20 miles to get there. And he actually... (laughs) Uh, one time I prayed for someone and they wanted to pay me, so they brought me a chicken. Their son was healed of um, sickle cell anemia. I prayed, and then we were out in a village a week later, and he knew we were going to be there. And so he'd gone to the doctor, had his son tested, he was healed. So he brought me a chicken. They rode a bus, then they walked five miles to bring me this chicken out in the bush. You, you can ask my husband. I, I was, I was so overwhelmed. I was done, and I'm like, "What am I going to do with a chicken?" <laughs> so we had a bus we were traveling. <laughs> I did. Oh, I did. And we had one of the native youth pastors with us, so I gave 
Pastor Emmy, my chicken. But we stuck it under the bus. <laughs> they, you know, they tied the legs. And it was under the bus with all our luggage. <laughs> but even if you have a chicken to give, God multiplies exponential. I talked about that yesterday. I mean, it might take a lot of chickens to <laughs> to fix <laughs> all your projects. But see what I mean? Let's bring it into perspective. If God can provide a chicken for our youth pastor in Uganda, Emmy, <laughs> because I prayed for someone. I mean, he can do anything he wants to, to bring these funds in, Pastor Fred, Apostle Tim. I know you guys carry this in your hearts. And so I want to encourage the body here. That God is both the ruler and true owner of all the oil, the sea, the earth, and its resources. He is your resource. He's the owner of all the resources. Money is not your resource. I know you know that. I'm just reinforcing. Because the Lord so beautifully had this burning in my heart even yesterday afternoon. God was calling the returnees to place their trust on his power and his power supply. Who's your power supply? He is. The same God who, in his anger, allowed the Israelites to be taken into exile is the same God who determined the time when full restoration would be made. This is a part that I thought was interesting because I found myself doing this. Have you ever wondered if God is oblivious to the vast resources held in the hands of the heathen and even those who mock him? I have. They got all this money. They don't even love you. In fact, they hate you. And we're over here struggling to rub two nickels together. Whatever, you know. Sometimes you get to feel that way. But we need to quit feeling that way. Because, yes, God's aware of that, but boy, your time is coming. Our time's a coming. But he is waiting for our faithfulness. We reap what we sow. Yeah, we reap what we sow. And I do believe there's a time of sowing, and then there's a time of reaping. There's a time of, of growing, and then there's a time of harvest. And I believe the harvest is about to come in more ways than one. So... um I think I'll quit there. Oh, I, yeah, there's many church ministries today struggle against the very circumstances in serving God, even in the midst of opposition and tribulation. This should encourage you. If there's a struggle going on, it's, it's not supposed to be that struggle. It's because you're not yoked or you don't see yourself yoked into the one with the bigger yoke. You are not to be wearing the bigger yoke. He is. That's his job. He's the big oxen. You're not the scrawny one, but you are not. It's what um, I think you were saying about leaning in. You lean into him. And when people, I've had many people come and they, would you pray? I'm just so weary. Then you find out they were carrying burdens God never designed for them. And so today, just remember that he, all the silver is his. The gold is his, and it's for building and rebuilding the wall or the temple. Amen.
Hi. How are you all? Good, good, good. We are grateful again for this this time together. It has um, meant so much to us. Some of you probably wonder why I bring this along. And, you know, the thing is, is that, and these guys know this, there's something about the responsibility of teaching. We don't take these things lightly. I was, I, I was, may grab those Kleenex because I've been in tears, you know, kind of all morning, you know, just, you know, sometimes you have those mornings where, you know, the Lord comes and you're just broken, you know, and uh, just at the opportunity to be able to share his heart because you so want people to get what you're bringing. Especially in in this new era, there's some things God's doing uh, that it's changing the hearts, it's changing the mindsets of the of the of the church. As I said, I've said already that you know the church is already shifting, the church is already changing. The face of the church will never look the same. You know why? Because Scripture doesn't give us any real insight, full insight to exactly what it's going to take to get to be those that are, you know, operating uh, as kingdom, as the kingdom people, you know, kingdom journey, last days church. We, you know, we have a few verses that encourage us, you know, concerning what those things look like. But at the same time, um, we have to, that's the reason we don't worry about tomorrow. That's the reason we take one day at a time and allow him to, as Ruth and, and Jen were talking about that expansion, uh, the expansion of our hearts. And today I just kind of, there some of the things that I share today, I'm hoping that what it does is it begins to change your thinking towards um, your journey with the Lord and how you operate alongside of him because the, the days ahead are so important. Uh, in regards to working with heaven and again being heaven on earth, and uh, so I, um, I've got a few, a couple of stories that might tweak you a little bit, uh, but that's what you know. Tweaking is good, yeah. you know. I, I think you know if we if we aren't tweaked now and then, <laughs> I, you know, then then I I can't. There, there's. There's always, like you say, there's always more. We're always drawing from from heaven, always pulling on heaven. And that's what we're designed for. We're designed to represent heaven on earth. And uh, so there are things that, it, you know, you can read things in the scriptures that, can, that would totally blow your mind had you been the prophet chosen, you know, to do some of the things that some of the old pro- prophets of old did. And had to go through, uh, and the things that they saw, the thing, the the things they saw in the realm of the spirit, it would have blown us away. Even John in Revelation, the things that he saw in the spirit would have, you know, blown us away. And yet, he's the same God. It's the same spirit yeah. on you and I. And we are to encounter those things as the Lord brings these things 
our way. And the, this is the thing. He has opened a way for us to, to see. <laughs> it's about our future. It's about our identity in Him and our original purpose in Him. So, ah, let's just, you don't have to stand, but let's just for a moment, let's just pray in the Spirit. Can we do that again? And because what it does again is it causes us to become one in spirit. If you want to stand, you can stand. Um, but it's uh, it's a union that comes as we pray in the spirit and and we are caught up into His presence. So we just we just begin to pray in, in your in your heavenly language. If you don't have them, hit that heavenly language, just pray, thank Him, praise Him, Father, we just are grateful again for you, for heaven. We honor all the things, Lord, that you have made for us to uh, encounter, to know, to uh, to know that heaven is within us. To Lord, uh, that our our access to all of that is truly unlimited. And Lord, we stand in that. We stand in that understanding. We stand in that knowledge. But Lord, we do know that we have been captivated at times by by lies of the enemy. He's the father of lies that has kept kept us captive in so many ways uh, in this dimension that all we see is what's going on around us rather than seeing from your perspective. And Lord, that has to change. That has to change in our hearts and especially in our minds that we see as you see. And so I would ask, Lord, that over these next few moments, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just give us insight and wisdom, that you would open the eyes of the understanding of your people. Open the eyes of our understanding, Lord, that we might see as you see from your perspective, Father, the things, Lord, that are ahead of us. And so, Lord, we just submit ourselves to your ways. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I don't want to continue in church as, you know, in church as we consider, have considered normal. You know, I, I, you know, things have shifted already and we're moving ahead. This is an amazing journey. Well, come on. Oh, I know what I did. I had my caps on. No wonder my... My password wouldn't work. <laughs> Doesn't work that way. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Yesterday, Ruth talked a lot about co's. Being co-partners. Being co-identified with him. Being co-crucified and baptized and resurrected. That's that's all a part of who we are spiritually. And uh, 
So we are, we are co-included in, in all things. And he, you know, he really, I mean, we, we use the, even the term co-create. And then word, the word co-create, you are consistently like, you, as she said yesterday, the words that come out of your mouth on a daily basis, basis fashion your day. So have a good day. You frame your future. Have a good day. Today is May Day, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know the the whole per, the whole thing about. I was just thinking about the Maypole and all of that, and the May, Maypole dance and all of that. Lots of fun, but it was all surrounded around a goddess of you know the goddess of Flora, but. Um, let him, be, let him be the God of the flowers today, okay? <laughs> and, and let there be joy in your heart. Have a good day. Uh, I, I don't know what it's, what it's doing. It's just, not, it's just not connected to it. I don't know if it can be fixed. It just is loose. So that's the way it is. There's nothing that can be done, sweetheart. Okay? She's going to try it anyway, but I don't... Yeah. I don't think there's anything there that, yeah, there we go. Yep, I, I guess. <laughs> if you say so. If you, if you say so. <laughs> she's, she's trying really hard, but there's, yeah, there's nothing to hold it in place, so there we go. <laughs> Maybe she just saw me moving it around and thinking, I better get up there and help him, you know. He needs help, you know. That's what her helping's for, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, but we are you and I in in changing our thinking, changing our perspective. We are so elevated in his in his ascension to be to be present in the, even in the throne room with him. We're we're to be seated with it. Scripture says we are seated. Guys, seated in the heavenlies. <laughs> he wants us to really be able to grab a hold of that. That comes first before your life in this, in, in, in this dimension. That comes first. Where we're seated in him. I'm seated in him so that, that I can see from his perspective what my day is going to look like. Yeah. And all the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart pleases him. It comes, it comes out of that place of being seated in him. Yes. My business is affected because I'm seated in him. I'm seeing the glory of the Lord on, on circumstances and situations because I'm seated in him. I'm seated alongside of him. So we're co-seated with him in his executive authority. He's given us authority. We just don't know how to use it. We don't know how to draw off of that place to use it properly. But we're learning. We're moving that direction. Colossians chapter 3. You can turn there with me. Colossians chapter 3. And let's look at verses 1 through 3. Uh, let me see. I think I might try looking at one other uh, translation here. So, Colossians chapter 3. 
we go. Verses 1 through 3. I'm reading out of what's called the mirror translation. I don't use it all the time. Uh, I use more of the passion translation or the living or the tree of life version. But this is a good one to help us think through things. Verses 1 through 3 of Colossians 3. See yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion. Think about that. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. Relocate yourselves mentally. <laughs> that's what you that's what you have to intentionally do in this hour in order to really understand your authority in him. We have to relocate ourselves mentally. Scripture says, think on things above. Not on things on the earth. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by this earthly realm. <laughs> What's he saying there? Getting, you know, being affectionate, uh, affection, affectionately. I mean, like, I love him and I love being with him. I love the throne room. I love just, you know, being next to him. will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly realm. It's truth. Your union, verse 3, your union with his death broke the association with that world. (laughs) That's powerful. Your association with him broke the association with that world. See yourselves located in a fortress where your life is hidden with Christ in God. See yourself located in a fortress where your life is hidden in him, seated with him. So you're, we're, we're learning how to legislate our lives. And because, remember, remember the other day we talked about the government resting upon our shoulders, carrying the government, carrying those places that he's longed for in the restoration of all things. In being sons that carry authority and power. Okay. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of, of the church being looked down upon in their weakness. I refuse to be called namby-pamby Christians anymore. (laughs) Come on. Come on. There's a place in us that, that, and, and, and we don't have to necessarily fight for that. If we live from that realm, scripture says, according to Isaiah 60, that the, that the light comes, is coming upon us, even in that gross darkness, that the light is coming upon us and that light draws nations to us because of the power 
and the authority and the wisdom that flows from sons and daughters who are located in him. And I know when you face everyday life, sometimes that's easier said than done. But let me give you encouragement. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have us assimilate something and, I, and, and, and a little bit of activation of something very, very simple. But yet it helps us to keep our hearts and our minds in that place. An entry point for us, per se. Um, I think yesterday I shared. Um, yesterday I shared a little bit from um, from Jeremiah, and uh, I, I just want to, you know, read that passage of scripture again. Jeremiah six sixteen, and then I want to go over to um, John chapter fourteen. Okay. Jeremiah 6.16 says, stop right where you are and look, you know, there's times when we're, we're so caught up again with this that we forget about the reality that we come from and the reality that we're to live from. And so it says, stop right where you're at, right where you are, look for the old godly way and walk in it, or the ancient path and walk in it, travel its path, and you will find rest for your soul. Anybody need a little bit of rest for your souls now and then? So the the, the, the whole thing again is about about this this ancient path, this this old godly way that has been that is that is a is a realm of the spirit that we can in, engage with and, and and journey with and 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 knowing our our rightful place in Him and operating from from that place that we can find rest for our souls because I'm not worrying about tomorrow. I'm taking today and the concerns of today and getting through today. Coming in contact with people that need life today, only today. And letting God restore our, our, our souls in the midst of that as well. So now over to, let's go over to John. John chapter uh, 14. John 14. And let's look at, uh, we're going to look at just a couple of verses here. Okay. John 14, let's look at verse 1 through 6. Don't worry or surrender to your fear. For you believed in God, now trust, believe, trust and believe in me also. My Father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly because I go to prepare a place for you. Let me just stop right there for a moment. For those of you who may not know, in the in the uh, Jewish culture, the Jewish culture, the, a family will build a home, and every time that a family member needs a place to stay, they just add on another room. Children, grandchildren. I mean, you know. So, so when he says that he's making a place for us, just know that. 
You might be neighbors with somebody else in the same house. Okay? There's a, there, you know, we don't know fully what that looks like, but the fact is, is that that's the heart of the, of the father through the, through the Hebrew culture, that they just always add on another room. You know, rather than sending, rather than sending them away to build their own thing, you just add on another room. And that's what the Lord's doing. If it, he says, my father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you, tell you plainly because I go to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. And you already, this is key. And you already know the way to the place where I'm going. You already know the way. And Thomas said to him, Master, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way there? Jesus explained, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. And so we've got, we've got scripture there that lends to the fact that there is the old godly way that he put into place spiritually and Yeshua became that way. Yeshua became that, that highway. And, 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 and he was the one that, that we are in, enthroned in. Remember, because <laughs> this is huge. <laughs> Well, what we're, what, who we are is huge. And we don't even know the fullness of it yet. Because the fullness dwells within us. So we have to, in, in knowing the way, the old godly way to where our hearts are going to be at rest and at peace with what we're doing in these dark days that are ahead of us. I'm telling you. You go into the into the tabernacle. <laughs> you go into the way. He is the way. Where does he live? Inside the tabernacle. You draw from the well within. That's where you find satisfaction and rest for your soul. Um, but there are some practicalities in, sh- in shifting and changing our minds and hearts on on how that that happens sometimes you know our time together with him is an entry point but i i like to have visual understanding concerning those places can i tell you a story about um and i wasn't going to share this but i think i should because it, it just gives you an understanding concerning um our availability to him, dimension to dimension, okay? So we have always looked at, and heaven is like up there in, in, you know, it is in our perception. But really, ultimately, heaven is just a dimension away. There's just a veil, you know, a, a very thin veil between, it's getting thinner and thinner, about a very thin veil between heaven and earth. And so to change our mindsets, there are places that, that God knows that we have been so duped and so, so lied to and so, uh, kept in this dimension that, that we forget 
the seated place in him. And so um, a few years ago, just this is a dimension story, okay? Dimension story. So a few years ago, we were in the Philippines. And the Philippines have been very, very special to us. Filipino people are amazing. Kind, kind people, for the most part. I mean, you always find your 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 bad apples <laughs> in the midst of the good. But very, very amazing people. And so uh, we were there ministering, uh, and we were at a uh, conference. And uh, so one of the nights we were praying for for people, and we 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 were praying for some people, some some kids that were from Mindanao, the island of Mindanao. And the place was just packed full of people. I don't know how many were there, three or 400. And packed with people. But the Filipino people, when you get ready to pray for them, I mean to tell you, you get, they, you get everything out of the way because they come unglued. And in the spirit of the Lord begins to touch them and, and, and hit them. And you're, you're just going boom, 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 you know. And they're going boom and they're flying all over the place because the spirit of the Lord is touching them and they're, 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 you know, they're, they're falling to the floor and they're, they're quaking under the, uh, under the presence of the Lord. And we're just, you know, ministering to people all the way to the back of the room. And it was, that was a crazy night. They just cleared every, uh, cleared the deck of chairs, all of that, and made room for the Lord to do what he wanted to do in the ministry time. And so, so after we got into the back and things were just kind of winding down, but people were still, you know, all over the floor, just receiving the, from the Lord. Um, <clears throat> I came back up front, and I'm looking for my Bible, and uh, and it's across the room. But I want to I want to precede that with a story for, that happened to uh, a, a gentleman in our in our fellowship, and I'll come back to the rest of that story. We had been having a lot of glorious moments where where God was pouring out of his spirit in our fellowship in Coeur d'Alene. And there was such union among the people because we provided a, a, a wonderful resting place for him. We just said, Lord, we all we want is you. We just want you. And manifestations of different kinds began to happen. I mean, we had we had massive amount of uh, Gold dust, if you have had any of that type of thing happen or you've seen it, uh, it, it, it is a, an amazing manifestation of just God's glory and just his desire and his love for us. And then we had an amazing amount of feathers and then the oil and just it, what God was doing was just um, exceedingly abundantly above all that we asked or even deserve. But at that time, he's saying, no, I want to pour out of my love. And, and then all of a sudden, we're having these, these massive, you know, gemstones and all of that coming. And, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, how do, you know, you're, the Lord t- told me just before that, he says, I want you to father my glory. And I'm going, what does that mean, Lord? What does it mean to father your glory? But it's just a stewardship of the things that he brings our way. And if we're, we're good stewards in the small things, what does he promise to do? Be, give us the lot bigger things to steward, okay? Which is more responsibility. So 
I was preaching one Sunday out of Isaiah 40 about the mountains being, you know, valleys being made high, mountains being made low, crooked paths straight, you know. And, and so the Lord spoke to me at the end of that particular message. And he says, I want you just to, you know, get everybody that, uh, that's in the room to divide into these four areas. And I told them, he says, he says, tell them that to think about the one thing that they needed to do to, that they felt was in the way of making the way of the Lord, because that's what, that's what it was do, That's what that passage of scripture was about. For making the way of the Lord, making a way for him to come. Are there things in your life that, that are in the way? Is there a mountain that's in your way? Is there, are you in a valley situation and, and you, you just need to be lifted up? It, uh, is your path right now crooked? It needs to be made straight so you know and so that you can make the way of the Lord. And so it was the end of the service. So I told the people that and they did, started dividing into these prayer groups. And this brother that was part of, of, um, a lot of what was happening in that, in that day, he was a, like a receiver of a lot of the glory. And he was just like, I, I don't know why the Lord necessarily poured out on him, but he chose him in our, in our midst. And, and that's what happened. But, um, he walks over to the group, uh, uh, where he was kind of in a valley situation in his heart. And he said, I just need the Lord to just, I feel like I need to be built up. You know, there, there I, I need to be raised up, you know, in, in some ways in my spirit to, I want to make the way of the, make a way for the Lord in my life. And all of a sudden he's standing in this group and he goes into like a trance. And, you know, he just stood there. You know, when the spirit of the Lord hits you, you don't bother people. When the power of the Lord hits someone, you just let them be. Because it's a holy moment for that person. And he's just standing there, just kind of probably just swaying back and forth. I don't know. I wasn't there. I was up front. But I think that. What's that? I was watching. You were watching him. Just kind of just. but, But he was lost. He was gone. He came out of that that thing a few minutes later, and you know his group knew, knew to leave him alone. But um, came out of that uh, out of that group uh, out of his trance and start, started telling what took place. He told them, and then he came up to me and he says, "I just want to share with you what happened to me." And he's just like like this. I mean, he's just his whole body is quaking in the spirit. And he's just shaking and he, he said, he said, this is what happened to me. He said, I was taken. He says, I knew that it was the valley of dry bones. And he said, my, my wife was standing next to me. And he said, he said, I, I was standing there and I was looking and he said, the whole valley was surrounded with angels. And above were just a myriad of angels just floating up above and they were making, rather than singing, you would expect that they would be singing, but, but the angels from above were, were making declarations over the dry bones. Declaration after declaration. He said it was just amazing to see. He said, then I remembered something you've always told, told us. He said, because I've always told our people, if the Lord takes you to another dimension, he says, I, I would say, bring something back. 
you know, just reach down by faith and just, you know, bring something back from that dimension. If you can get it back, great, you know, that'd be cool. So he says, I remembered that. And he said, all I did was reach down, pick something up, and I stuck it in my pocket. And he said, he said, and I have not taken out what's in my pocket. And I'm going, hmm. He says, I'm afraid to pull it out. <laughs> I said, Terry, I said, the most it could be. I said, we, we, we've had all sorts of different kinds of manifestations. The, 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 the most it could be is a bone. You know, I'm thinking a bone from the valley of dry bones. Come on, you know, and he's just sitting there shaking. I said, you've got to take that out. So finally I coaxed him because I didn't want to touch it. (laughs) Finally, he he reaches in his pocket and he 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 pulls it out. And and we're both our jaws kind of dropped. And it was this amazing feather. And he's just holding it there. And it's like, it's like translucent, you know, and it's like changing colors in front of our eyes. It's like rainbow effect, you know, it's white, but it's not. And we're looking at this feather. And he said, so I, I, I grabbed it from him like this and we didn't want to really touch the feathers and stuff. So I grabbed it like this and looking at it like this. And then I handed it back to him. He said, he takes it from my hand and he says, no, you have it. And I'm standing there like this with my Bible and he just randomly just opens it, sticks it in, you have it. I said, are you serious? I said, the only thing I can think of is that, you know, we either have the feather of a cherubim or seraphim because that was the only thing that's really identified in that time, you know, as far as the angelic. And I'm thinking, to have a feather from a cherubim or seraphim would be really, really cool. <laughs> you know? So he said, no, I want you to have it. And so finally, he's still shaking and he walks away. And somebody else walks up to me. And, I, and they were telling, starting to tell me their, their story. And I said, well, you got to hear this one. <laughs> this is an amazing story. So I told the story. And I said, he randomly just stuck it in my Bible. And, you know, I'm going, whoa. And I, and I look and hear, and I've kept it. Now, he didn't just randomly stick it in there. But it ended up in Ezekiel 37. The valley of dry bones. The spirit of the Lord, because of my limited thought process from this dimension, all I heard him say to me was, he was there. So I'm saying, if he was there, then this is that. I've held this thing for several years. Different dimension. We've had it checked out. We took it in. Two two, two different uh, 
different situations are. Uh, Aviary, the veterinary. Yeah, yeah. And so they said, well, we know it's not fowl, you know, birds. And we know it's not synthetic. He said, we don't know what it is. I knew what it was. <laughs> so you're, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at something hugely amazing. And it's really ultimately, again, about your perspective and how you journey with the Lord. Um, so the Philippines, the Philippines, that all that happened, my Bible is not anywhere to be found in the moment. I'm going, oh my goodness, the feather. I'm going, oh, I can't lose the feather, you know. And all of a sudden, clear back on the back wall, down underneath, it's like everything got shoved, you know. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. So I went quickly over there, and I, you were probably beside me, and we started I was looking. For my Bible. What? Oh yeah, we never did find her Bible. Her Bible was a special Bible from her mom. We never did find that, and I'm still praying that the Lord brings this back. Um, but we, you know, um, I went. We went through the Bible leaf by leaf, and I, you know, and we shook it, and the feather was not there. It was gone, and I'm going, oh my goodness, and so I, I thought. Do I have to just say it's just stuff? <laughs> because I'm leaving the Philippines. I left the Philippines. Heartbroken to a certain extent. I'm sitting in intercession in our, in our fellowship, sitting in intercession with our intercessors. And I've got my Bible in and we're talking about the peace and the rest of the Lord. And, uh, all of a sudden I looked down and one of these one of these little strands I saw this little strand of feather hanging out and I looked and I said oh you're back <laughs> and it was the Lord brought it back this was months awesome. this was like three months later that he put it back in like I said, I had several people. It was not in there when we left. But he knew how much it meant to me to have it. And then he put it in Ecclesiastes 7. And the subtitle for Ecclesiastes 7 is Wisdom for Life. And I'm thinking, it's part of the old godly way. It's part of the journey. It's part of our future. It's part of living from that that perspective, that realm where he can speak to us and he can do anything. Let me tell you something. He can do anything he dang well pleases. You say, why would God do such a thing? Because he's God and he can. And it's real. I don't care whether you don't believe the story or not, but it happened to me, and so there you go. It's my encounter, so you get your own. Yeah. 
I was so when we were praying in the back. Yeah. Were you? You were saying feathers this morning. I didn't say anything. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I want to encourage you in that. And many of you, and I just want to, you know, kind of, I kind of want to end with this, but we're going to work into an assimilation or, or an, a, a, an application so that you can assimilate. Okay. Um. Passage of scripture, you know the story well, and you can look in, um, in fact, I'm just going to turn there real quick. Matthew 27, Matthew 27, because this, let me tell you something, this is all a part of, of what we were this whole weekend was about. It's about your identity, it's about who you are, it's about moving into that rather than just sitting in a pew Getting nice teaching every week. I mean, we're solidly being challenged by the Spirit of God right now. To be the sons that he's created. And to walk it out. So John chapter uh, John chapter 14, and we want to go clear down to verse 51. Oh, Matthew, I'm sorry. Matthew 27. You're, you're right, I'm... I'm in the wrong book right now. I was in John 14. And we're going to go down and clear down to the, the bottom of the, of the uh, verses there. And I'm going to start with verse 50. Jesus passionately cried out. This is where, you know, he's just taking his last breath on the cross. Jesus passionately cried out, took his last breath, and gave up his spirit. At that moment, at that, say at that moment, moment. you know that that was a, again, I mentioned a moed moment, which is an assigned moment from heaven. A moed moment. And that moment, the veil in the Holy of Holies was torn in two from the top to the bottom. The earth shook violently, Rocks were violently split apart and graves were opened. Then many of the holy ones who had died were brought back to life and came out of their graves. It's going to stop there. So that the whole thing here is we, we've got a veil and the veil was about old covenant. It was a place that, that only once a year, of course, that the priests would go in for the sake of the people, absolving the sins of of Israel. Let me tell you something. There was no entry point concerning that veil. When he went through the veil, it it was like the particles of his body and the particles of that curtain basically became one, and then he would go through the veil. Okay. You're part of that priesthood. There's a new order of priesthood, but you're part of that same priesthood. Jesus said greater things will we do than he did, right? And he walked through doors, he walked on water, he he defied the elements. There's a day coming when you're going to defy the elements, and it's not going to be all about play and fun. 
It's going to be that the Lord will be glorified and people will see and come to a relationship with him. That's what it's all about, restoring man, restoring humanity back to back to the Father. But there's going to be some great things that we're going to see and do in the days ahead. And so we've got the, that veil, that separation that alienated man from the very presence of God. Remember, they would see the presence of God from a distance in the in the cloud and the and the fire, you know the pillars. But the you know he he would he would do that. Go in there once a year. Uh, one man access the glory of the Lord. But when Yeshua died, that veil was rent from the top to the bottom. You know how how that uh, that veil scholars say a foot thick, roughly. About, I think if I remember, it's about like 30, 30 or 40 feet and like 30 feet tall or something like that. And it weighed a lot. It weighed a lot. And so it took, I heard it took like 300 men to move it. You know, once they moved the tabernacle around, it took 300 to, to set it back up. So it was no... It wasn't anything but the very nature and presence of God that tore through a foot-thick veil. Top to bottom, split it, okay? And so, you know, I, I, I always like to do visuals concerning these things. So I've got this sign that says the veil, and it kind of looks curtainy. But he tore the veil. And if you can imagine that being two different dimensions. Okay? So you've got, you've got, you've got a lot of activity on this side of the veil and the priest, you know, normally goes on this side of the veil once a year. But it wasn't, it wasn't that time frame. And so the Lord just basically The father said, you know, I'm tired of not being able to be in direct connection with my people. So through Jesus taking his last breath in the sacrifice, the Lord said once and for all, (laughs) I'm going to have access to my kids. My kids are going to have access to me, basically. But can you imagine that day when that happened, you know, and it just tore you know, from top to bottom, the presence of God was starting to be revealed, and there were probably priests on this side with their jaws dropping because they had never seen beyond that. And so you can imagine them looking, you know, coming up and trying to look to see what's inside. I don't, I don't believe at that point in time, I don't believe there was anything inside because it was by the spirit. You know, so it was like, it was like looking like this, you know, and then they probably pushed it back a little further, you know, pushed it back a little bit further and maybe they took a step in, you know, they were thinking, am I going to die? You know, am I going to die because I'm on this side? 
And, and then they would finally walk in. And I don't, the scripture doesn't necessarily say what took place after that, but this was done with. It was, okay, <laughs> I'm in heaven, I'm on earth. I'm in heaven, I'm on earth. <laughs> Stay in heaven. Well, you know what? It's right here. Scripture says heaven is within, doesn't it? You know what? I had an elderly intercessor for many years that would take me aside at times, and she was just a sweetheart, 90-some years old, old English lady, powerful intercessor, intercession, but she would say to me, John, the problem is this. He says, she said, uh, the church doesn't believe. They really don't fully believe in what the word says. The literal, literal word. And so, I, you know, I'll never forget that. But I just want to, I just want to say to you that there is a point of access. And, you know, I, I have done this before. I've like practiced. And I think sometimes we need to practice to get out of a mindset the way that we've always known. You know, it's like, you know, we are drawing from within and we understand all of that, but there's a place where I need to go in, in my spirit to cross over and just to know that I know that I'm, I'm beginning to grasp a hold of his understanding, his perspective, his ways, so that I, I can see the way that he sees. You know, into the, into the, into the heavenly realm, see the way that he sees, back to earth, bringing it. Yeah. Into the realm of the spirit, as he sees it, back into earth, <laughs> and giving it away. Yeah. Very, it's very practical, and I wouldn't hesitate one bit, because I've done it, I've done it for years at times, you know, those points where I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I'm seeing too much here. I need to stand up and I need to physically move into this, you know, because this is a distraction. And I've got to get perspective on circumstances and situations. You guys have to get, you've been talking about your mountains, your mountains of influence. Let me tell you something. You've got to get perspective from heaven because heaven designed the mountain. Heaven designed the mountain within you. Heaven designed the influence that you have. Heaven designed the passions that you have within you. Put it in you. It's not not all about you. Sorry to say it's not all about you because it, it was heaven that put it in there and you're saying, oh, that's a nice idea. I think I just thought of that. Oh, man, yeah, I'm going to get some glory out of that one. You know? And that's not where God's heart is at because it's ultimately about your mountain connected to my mountain and my mountain connected to your mountain, you know? And we're getting things done for the kingdom of God. Yes. So, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stand where you're at. And if you need to step out into the aisle, you're more than welcome. But if you can, you need to make yourself, make some room for you to be able to step in. 
to step into the into beyond the veil. Does that make sense? I'm just giving you some application for you personally. Because of some of the difficulties that, that we face, man, these things, the brains get in the way. The intelligence gets in the way at times. And I've got I've to think from here. When I begin to think from here, then I can release there. So you're in this earthly dim- dimension right now. You know what your mountain is. You know what your passion is. And I want you to begin. I want you to close your eyes where you're at. Just close your eyes because it's closing your your eyes from, from this world, this dimension as you know it. So I want you to just sit there for a moment with your eyes closed. Don't open them. Don't be distracted by what's around you. It's because now it is about you and him. So what I want you to do is I want you to see, see that mountain, see that passion. You see it? You got it in your heart. Your desires, what makes you happy in doing things for the king and his kingdom. You know what you're supposed to be doing. Some of you may not, and he may just reveal it now in these next few moments because I fully believe just as that feather manifested twice, but it is a that is it is true. It's the old godly way, and God can do anything that He wants. His desire to bring whatever He's designed you for, even in this moment. So, if you've got that mountain, that passion in your heart, I want you just to I want you to take a step forward, knowing. Just hold on here, by faith. By faith, because all things are appropriated by faith. You're taking that, you're, you're seeing that mountain, the passion of, of your heart, and some of you may, you can cut, you can hold it in your hand or whatever. And I want you to take a step forward. And when you take this step forward, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to count to three, and when you take the step forward by faith, you are in the realm of, 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 of heaven. And I'm going to have some more instructions when you're there. Just, okay, when when you're, uh, I'm going to count to three. See that passion. See that mountain. One, two, three. Just take a step forward. Now, Father, we're here. We're here in your presence. We're here in your presence with things that you put within us. Mountain, mountains of influence, gifts and passions. And we and I want you just to begin to see the fullness. See the fullness of that mountain, that influence, that passion. See those things 
the way that God has seen them and written about you. See your the successes and the greatness of serving Him through that mountain, through that passion. See it, see it in a completed form, and you enjoying and and, and with laughter enjoying the goodness of God and the prosperity of heaven and and the economy of heaven flowing through the abundance of heaven flowing through your passions flowing through through your your mountain of influence that you have been designed for see it the way that he sees it see the colors that surround it <laughs> maybe you might even hear Hear some sounds like like the sounds of heaven, the frequency of heaven, the frequency of God around that mountain because you know what? His face is all around you. And what I want you to do is I want you to turn 180 degrees. So you're, you'd be just the exact opposite direction. You've seen that from heaven's perspective now. And what I want you to do is I want you to step back in to the earthly realm. Just take a step. One, two, three. And just step back in and hold yourself right there for a moment as you have heaven's perspective now. And what I want you to do is now start releasing by declaring. Just beginning out of your mouth, just begin declaring over that circumstance, over that mountain, over that situation, declaring, bringing heaven to earth that this will manifest on earth. This will look as heaven has designed it. So just begin to do that right now, even just out loud. Just, you know, begin to just make declarations over that circumstance, that vision, that mountain that God has given you. Just begin to release that back to, back to Him by making declarations that will, that it will manifest on earth just as you saw it from the heavenly realms. It will be. It will be, it will be, it will be, it will come in, everything will align. The abundance of heaven will be released on earth through my mountain, through my passions. That that business, that 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 place of, of, of uh, uh, influence in, in family, things will begin to shift. It will look as heaven designed it. On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. I say on earth as it is in heaven. I make that declaration over my family, over business, over my passions. I release that right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It will be. I take my authority. I take my authority as a son. And I say it will look like this. It will look like you. It will look like heaven. <laughs> and, and people will come to this mountain. 
Their abundance will come to this mountain on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just begin to praise you for that. We begin to honor you. Just begin to honor him right now. We begin to honor him for the manifestation of, of your mountain, of the influence, of the passions that, that are his put within you, that it will be, it will come to pass on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we see that. We see that by faith. We, we walk this way by faith, Lord. Our desire is that you would be honored, you would be glorified, and that we will fulfill, Lord, those things that you have written about us in the name of Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. Now you can turn around. <laughs> How many, how many of you saw the, feel the power on that one? I mean, you could feel it in the room. You could feel your hearts raise up by faith and, and, and that it would be shifting. You would see things the way that he sees them. And you need to be, you might need to be reminded of that. Those are places that your, your mindsets need to be shifting and changing. And the only way that I know how to do it is, you know, and I'm just giving you a practicality from my perspective is by stepping in and moving into it and practicing it until it becomes a natural part and you can be seated in him and you can know as I'm seated in him and I can make these declarations no longer having to deal with the war of the mind. Does that make sense? I want it to be clear so you're you're fully understanding that it's pretty simple. Pretty simple. But yet for right now for now it's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. And yeah. and let me tell you something. You started it today. <laughs> you're going to start seeing some results from today. It's all about your, your your journey. You, just like Jesus said to his disciples, you know the way. Why do I know the way? This is the way it's planted in me. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Father, I just thank you for your people. Thank you for these glorious moments. Again, from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. You change us. And we give you that permission. We give you more permission, Lord, to keep shifting us, changing us. But, Lord, we also intentionally make ourselves available. Because this era of time is crucial. Crucial to the future of the kingdom of, of God. And, and, and crucial to the future of this earth. This planet. And all of creation. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Pastor Fred. You know what? Don't you love this guy? <laughs> he and his family. And I, you know, I just want to say to also to the Davies.